ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 163 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network if you will, and we will, and I'm here tonight with uh, I think the first time I am hosting, uh, solo anyway, like just me and him, uh, the doctor himself, Drew Prawl. <laughs> uh, Drew, What's how up? you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Yep, we're at, uh, we're just about half time of this uh, scintillating Steelers Titans game, uh, so we'll try and keep you more entertain entertained than this game is so far. Uh, but we got a great guest with us tonight. It's been a while. We've had him on the show before, but it's been too long. Uh, at Superflex, dude, John Hogue. John, how you how you doing tonight? What's up, boys? It's been way too long. Thanks for having me back. Um, it's been so long that I don't. I actually don't think Drew was part of the show yet oh, last no. time i was here so a lot of uh evolution so uh, glad i could uh be here to witness the next step yeah we're we're always uh bringing on new hosts and people come in they come out they come back it's 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 fun um, so, uh, <laughs> it's a management we'll, we'll... issue <laughs> yeah sorry about that um but uh we're gonna get right into it. we have just one piece of news i was gonna do here we, we we have a little news section on our show sheet uh the only really big news of this past week is uh the kirk cousin injury i think kirk cousins tearing his achilles uh was having a very good season uh it's like i think qb like seven or something like that uh as always kirk is a qb one but he was doing even better than usual i feel like so, uh, what what does this mean for for Kirk Cousins and his dynasty value, Drew? Are you are you looking to get him cheap? Because I, I think most people think he's going to be back next year. He's, I mean, he's not young, but he's he's only, he's thirty four. He's probably got a few years left in the league at least. Uh, was this something, or, or are you just you you just uh, you know getting all those young guys and you don't care about it, getting a Kirk Cousins? Give me all the picks, Rocky. Uh, <laughs> I know, no, exactly. I, I, I thought maybe pick, uh, so. <laughs> we might need to do a well check on you on Monday or Tuesday, see how you're doing, <laughs> since uh, I'm sure he's probably on, I don't know, what, 40% of your rosters across I your actually, league at this point? I was surprised to see. I only have six or seven shares out of like 35 okay. teams, so it's like 20%. Not bad. I, my, but but my highest owned it turned out when I looked was uh was Jimmy Garoppolo who I have on Oof. nine or nine teams and he's done for the season <laughs> not from injury but uh, from yeah. from the Raiders implosion. So yeah, but uh, Cousins, um, you know, I, I'm kind of uh, undecided still. I've I've got him on probably I think four dynasty rosters out of about twenty at this point, and uh, a couple of contenders. So I, I am looking at moving him um, to somebody who maybe wants to sit on him till next year and 
hope that he comes back and performs well. Uh, I think Rogers, uh, some of his clips have given people some more optimism that uh, Kirk Cousins, who's you know not a mobile quarterback, really just needs to be able to throw the ball, could be back next year. Um, question marks, of course, where he'll be if he'll still be in Minnesota, which it sounds like you know a lot of people would like that. I think that makes sense. But um, so yes, yeah, so I think for me, I, I would be okay uh, if I could get some sort of usable return on a contender for him. Uh, the tough part is the valuation when you're moving him right now is is pretty low. I think for a lot of people, you know, they want to they want to really kind of buffer that risk there. So um, if I'm on a, a non-competing team, I'm certainly willing to see if I can get a, a package with him in it. Uh, I, we all love having him on our rosters, and yeah, this year was uh, a lot of teams that are in the you know the top two or three in their their leagues probably have him uh on their roster even when we get to the find me a trade section tonight right i think the number one team that's eight no in this league we're going to talk about uh has kirk cousins on ir right now which is pretty uh indicative i think of where a lot of people are so uh but yeah for me if i'm contending i'm certainly looking at some ways to maybe move him to a team that needs to get some points off their their board um and yeah i'm good with either direction you want to go but I, i probably lean less toward trying to acquire him uh actively yeah, I, I I'm with you. I I have a like I said, I have about six or seven teams, all of them contending that had Kirk Cousins. Uh, I haven't done anything with him yet. Uh, I know we talked about it on Trade Addicts a little this week. Russ has actually been sending him out trying to get quarterbacks for him, uh, which we both kind of agree is not necessarily the best move. Maybe you don't always trade the injured guy whose value just took a, a dip to to get a, a guy to replace him. Uh, but like one of the trades he did, I'll throw this to you, John. And we have one that we're actually going to talk about from a junkies league, uh, too. Uh, but, uh, I think it was cousins and a second for Baker and a third on a contending team. Are you doing that? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to, for a contender, uh, to keep it rolling, but man, like that's, uh, that feels steep. It does to <laughs> me too. I said it on the show. <laughs> like the second feels like it's on the wrong side. Um, but I mean, you know, maybe it, it just hasn't totally sunk in that we're not going to see Kirk Cousins again until next year. And we're not totally sure what uniform he's going to be wearing when we do. So um, maybe that's uh, that's part of it. But uh, I, I just made a trade with Mr. Outhouse. Uh, I sent him cousins for Pickett in a second. So like that felt a little bit more. And I hate Kenny Pickett. And I think I'm just going to say it's, <laughs> I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan either. <laughs> but it, like this, the second really kind of is the, uh, the, the driver in both, both mm-hmm. of those trades to me, you know? So where are you guys valuing Cousins? Like if we're doing the normal in terms of draft picks, is he a high second at this point? Anyone who wants to chime in? That's probably, uh, you know, as low as I try to value him in the package. You know, I'd like to think I could get two seconds for him, you know, if I were going to get just straight picks. Um, But the problem is, yeah, he's probably going to a non-contending team, which means one of them is probably a a higher mid-second right now. So you'd be depending on them having, you know, maybe a contender second or something like that. So um, that's what I I think ideally he'd be valued as like maybe a, yeah, maybe like a top 15 pick. Yeah. And I I would be interested in buying at that price, uh, contending or non-contending, especially if you're, you're rebuilding, but close. I mean, like I said, I think he's still going to be starting the next couple of years. Quarterbacks can come back from an Achilles. 
um, within a year or so and still perform well. So uh, on the teams I have them, uh, I, I'm more inclined, like I said, I'm not doing what Russ did in trading Cousins and maybe just trying to go uh, cheaper um, and just get somebody that can get me quarterback points like – like throwing, uh, I don't know if you still have to pay a first for Geno Smith at this point. Uh, if you do, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> uh, but somebody like that, uh, if Stafford is is just a temporary thing, you can get him fairly cheap. Like if he's back in a week or two, um, I mean, I think he's not practicing this week, but they haven't ruled him out. So it's not even definite he's not playing this week. Um, I don't think he will. But um, My week next week. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So it might be a couple of weeks, but down the road, mm. uh, you know, guys like that, I, I'm fine with that. I, Minshew, I'd be fine get tra- mm-hmm. trading a second for a Minshew, something like that. That's kind of the thing I would be looking to do to replace Cousins. Try to get a super cheap guy. Man, um, go, go get Dobbs. Go get Josh Dobbs. Is he going to start in Minnesota, though? Well, not this week. Yeah. It sounds like it'll be Jaron Hall. But, yeah, Is, I mean, that I, I that has to be the move that's what i thought uh, too when they made the trade but then i heard like it's just in case jaron hall isn't good good enough which i would expect he wouldn't be but <laughs> yeah like they they knew that when they took him in the yeah. what, fifth round six yeah round. like yeah, they know what they've got yeah so, so uh, i don't hate that either yeah dobbs you should be able to get super cheap as well so uh, okay, so we will uh, move. Oh, I did want to go into that's right, the uh, junkies trade because we always like to give some listener league updates. I'm not going to get all into the records uh, later, but we do like to talk about some trades. And uh, in junkies two, there was another cousin's trade. I wanted to get your guys' take on which Dynasty Eeyore traded Calvin Ridley to Laughing Lizards for Kirk Cousins. Both of these teams are actually in the top half of the league. I don't think either's in like first or anything. Um, I can actually pull up the league while we talk about it and give you some context. But John, what do you think on that one? And then, and then Drew, I, I want to get your opinion too. But I'll start yeah. with you, John. Yeah, uh, Eeyore, Corey. He's a he's a. Uh, yep. I, I believe that he's a QBXer. Um, not always, <laughs> but I think that he subscribes is the way I understand it. Um, at least that's what he says. I don't. I, I <laughs> <laughs> might just be. Uh, might just be. Uh, just trying maybe, to maybe just tells you good. that John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. I, I think that's anyone who says they they use qbx uh they're probably just saying it to my face and then <laughs> yeah no um but like it it because to me cousins is more of a rebuild type of move um but i mean when you this feels this feels like a discount to me um, Ridley highly replaceable at this point. I, I, and this is without even knowing what his wide receiver depth currently looks like. I just, it, it, you know, kind of regardless, you can find the scoring and may, you can make that up, you know, through waivers or a small trade somewhere else. Um, and now, you know, you've kind of got a, a, a kind of a, a backup quarterback ready to go next year. For for uh, context, um, junkies the two and three, uh, one is a little different, but both of them are fourteen teams start eleven. Uh, so, uh, getting a guy, a serviceable guy like really does mean a little more um, when you ha- when you have a guy that has not given you anything. But I'm still with you. I think if you, I would gladly send a, a Ridley for a Cousins, even if I'm even if I'm competing. I think I would be okay if I have the the depth to to deal with it. Uh, and just the guy who got Ridley, 
He's not even that it, not too bad at receiver for a 14 team league. He's got Cup, excuse me, Lockett, uh, Collins as his top three. Then it's nice. Uh, he also has Hopkins actually as like his four. So that, that's not too bad. And then he added Ridley on top of that. He does, and and his quarterbacks are uh, Baker and Geno. So. Uh, but like I said, he is he is competing. He's uh, five and three. The guy who traded away Cousins, uh, so he wanted the points. The guy that uh, Corey who got Cousins actually is six and two. Uh, has Sam Howell, Trevor Lawrence, and I guess now oh Derek Carr. So yeah, he is. Do- it looks like he is doing QBX here, John. Yeah, that a boy. He also had Cousins, and this is a fourteen teamer. He had four starting quarterbacks. And he also now has Aiden O'Connell, um, who's now a starting quarterback. So uh, that's because and- Josh and I have zero starting quarterbacks in that league. That's how that <laughs> distribution worked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I think. Well, I did actually have. I had Ritter and uh, not Ritter. I, we do have Ritter, but I had Richardson and uh, Fields, and neither one has been starting for weeks. But we're rebuilding anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect then. And, and yeah, then Ritter was our only quarterback, and now he's not starting. So we're just shedding points everywhere. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Drew, what are your what are your thoughts on the Ridley for Cousins uh, deal and junkies? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, what does Ridley have for points in this league, anyways, for the year? Even if he doubles it for the rest of the year, it's it's not going to be a huge help. So, yeah, I, I would love to have the Cousins side. And then, you know, now that you've got four quarterbacks, I mean, what kind of flexibility do you have either in the offseason as Cousins comes back uh, or as you make a push, right? You know, I, yeah, I could totally see using one of those quarterbacks, you know, if he needs to make another trade, come playoffs to get, you know, that final piece to give him a push over the hump this year. So, yeah, I would I, every day I would do that trade. Uh, to get Cousins and give Ridley away this year. Yeah, Ridley's averaging just over 11 points per game. Yeah, uh, and that's based and on what, two weeks worth of productivity? Basically, I was just going to say, he has though four games that are seven points or less. So, yeah, uh, and two games 20-plus that are kind of uh, carrying that average there a little bit. So... Uh, okay, so that that that's uh, it'll finish up our Kirk Cousins talk, and kind of the main topic uh, I put down for this week was just sort of like uh, midseason evaluation, midseason questions. It's a uh, midseason of the NFL, pretty much at this point. Uh, it's a seventeen. There's no exact halfway point, but we're eight weeks and a game in, so that's just about there. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you guys: we're we're just past the halfway point, really, of uh, of the regular season of fantasy leagues, too. Uh, so, uh, what are you doing with? Uh, um, and I wanted to ask this because I saw um, our find me a trade. It kind of fits this, and it made me think of the question. At this point in the season, what are you doing? If you if you're not if you haven't already started rebuilding, what are you doing with the middling four and fourteen? Let's say you're like somewhere between fifth and seven in points. The the points match the record. Are, are you at this point? There's probably multiple people who've already been rebuilding in your league. Mm. So, are you just figuring I'll push the chips in and I'm at eight weeks in? Let's ride it out and see what happens. Maybe I get lucky, or do you start thinking now about selling stuff off? Uh, Drew, I'll start with you and then we'll go to John. Yeah, the first thing that came to mind when I looked at that question was, you know, I've got to look at my schedule and what do I have for players with bye weeks? Like, what what is my record going to look like in another three, four weeks as we hit a couple more bye weeks here? Um, you know, start looking at the schedule for your opponents as well. Uh, you know, if you're playing somebody that has a bunch of, like they have CMC, they have Kittle, they have Ayuk, they have Purdy this week, then 
you know, you have a, a better shot at maybe getting a, an easier W this week if you don't have a bunch of guys on by. But um, in general, if you haven't gotten into the, the rebuild yet, you're probably too late and you still have – it's one of those you're going to try to get into the top four picks and you're probably going to end up with six or seven again yeah. uh, unless you really sell some stuff off at a steep discount, which is probably ill-advised at this point as well. So I, I think at this point you try to ride it out. Um, you know, you try to make some cheap moves like you guys are talking about. If you need a cheap quarterback, go get a cheap quarterback. Uh, you start looking at some cheap running backs if you just want to start throwing some thirds and fourths out there to see if you can get – uh, you know, what will it take to get a, a Zach Moss or a Jerome Ford or maybe um, a Jaleel McLaughlin at this point uh, now that Javante looks healthy again and just see if you get lucky a couple weeks. And once you hit playoffs, right, most of us are in single elimination. Anything can happen. Uh, and I think you you hope that you bounce uh, bounce higher than try to tank yourself and be disappointed when you end up with the 106 or 107. Yeah, I, and I think you made a good point there about the, the schedule, and that kind of plays into one point I was going to mention too, which is, well, like you said, if you're maybe you haven't played the, the tough teams yet. Maybe that's part of the reason you're 4-4 four and four or something like that. And maybe you're playing a little above. You're not even a 4-4 four and four team, but you've, you've got a lot of the cupcakes. Um, so a, a good thing to do always is to, is to kind of look at your all-play record to see how realistic uh, moving forward is. If, if you're, like, not even – matching that 500 it might be you might want to think even more even though like you said you're behind uh the eight ball at this point this far into the season you still might want to think a little more about about selling off i think if if you're like if you have like a 400 winning percentage and and, and you happen to be a 500 team 400 all play uh it, that pushes me that way a little more but uh but john what do you think yeah, those the teams in the middle just have the most complicated formula to try and navigate. Like there's just so much to it. You know, you're kind of you're you're also looking at, you know, you 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 still kind of look at your roster and say, um, all right, you know, there there's some injuries, some guys are about to come back from injuries. Um, you know, they've they've kind of left me with a little bit of a losing streak here where I was I was doing well before that uh you look at some of the other teams i mean with all the turnover at quarterback a lot can change just kind of across the board you know not just the quarterback position but this this can affect wide receiver play this can affect tight ends this can affect game scripts which affects the running back so there's just so much that can still change at this point in the season and i think that you have to consider all of it you know, before you make a decision uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to punt. And, you know, uh, above all else, Drew made the point, this is the big thing. There are teams in your league who have been tanking for several weeks now, if not the whole season at this point. So, you know, you're, you're trying to get to 101 and there's just no shot. Like you've got to be one of one. In order to get to the playoffs, you just got to be one of six and then see what happens. Yep. So, you know, it, it, the, the odds are are just so much more in your favor to just make a run at it. So, I, you know, again, I'm kind of navigating just like all of the different variables that go into this. But my default is to contend and I'm looking for a Loctite excuse uh, to get out of that is the only way I'm going to bail on it. Hey, I'm basically with both of you on that, despite what I said about, you know, checking your own play and possibly bailing out. I, I do tend to lean towards the trying to contend end of it. 
um, for all the reasons you guys said, just, uh, you know, you're behind the rebuilders already. You're not going to, you're not going to get as high of a draft pick. You're probably at this point peaking at like one Oh four, if you're lucky. Uh, so, uh, I think it just does make sense. I will say this goes a little bit against what I'm going to do in the find me a trade section where we also have a middling team. So I do think what John said about looking at your roster is really important too, though. Like when we get to that team, uh, I was I didn't check their all play record, but I was surprised that team was even four and four and seventh in points actually. So uh, <laughs> that one let, made me lean towards uh, maybe not going in for it. But uh, it, in general, in a vacuum, uh, that's kind of what I'm doing unless unless the roster or, or something else is telling me otherwise. Um, but the other part we wanted to do with the midseason evaluation was kind of talk about some players. Uh, I have a bunch of guys I have here. I don't think we're going to get to them all, but I uh, just wanted to kind of kind of simmer what, to what Andrew's been doing more on a weekly basis. I wanted to do it more on a seasonal basis. It's just, guys, some surprises, some disappointments, where we're at on them, what we're doing with them, um, guys who've underachieved, overachieved. So uh, I, I listed a few at each position. As I said, we probably won't talk about all of them, but we'll start at quarterback because we have John here. We have to talk quarterbacks. Um <laughs> The first, I, I started with the surprises. So uh, one of the biggest ones to me, because I've been a big detractor of him, is, and this is all these, by the way, all these rankings are points per game. And I went by trade addicts leaks because that's just basically my default at this point. Uh, but Sam Howe, QB8 on the season. That's points per game, not total points. So uh, a lot of that is um, beating up the Eagles' ragged secondary uh, in two different games. But uh, he has been pretty good overall. Uh, he's had some bad games. But he's a guy I did not expect much out of at all. I was not a fan. I I, I called him a – when I watched his tape, I called him a career backup in my mind. And it still could be the case, but – uh john what do you what do you th- what are your thoughts on how i'm curious to you. I, I don't know if i've heard you talk about how so no i liked Howell a lot uh so my big thing is i love uh quarterbacks who are looking to throw who have balls like i i can't stand the like this is why i hate kenny pickett i hate jimmy garoppolo i hate the the check downs and the dink and dunk stuff it's like take some shots down the field and you know what some of them are going to miss. Some of them are even going to get picked off. But, you know, the the more you do that, the more your probability actually increases of uh, of hitting with some of those. And Sam Howell gets that. He loves to throw the ball deep down the field. He's got a, a cannon and, uh, you know, there's some nice mobility to go along with it. The whole problem all along has been they have committed basically nothing to Sam Howell. He was a six-round pick. You know, there's kind of no reason for them to just say, all right, like, we're we're committed, we're pot committed here um, to Sam Howell. So the, the, the protocol all along has been you got to win enough games. It's not just about playing well. You've got to win enough games to keep them away from, you know, being able to draft your replacement. And I'm not totally sure that they're going to be able to do that. It, 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 like if they end up in the you know in the top five, top ten, even it, there's no way they're passing on, especially this quarterback class coming in. Like they're they're going to go after somebody, and it kind of doesn't matter how how well Sam Howell is doing. I I wonder though too. I think they might win enough. Like 
against the Eagles are seven and one, uh, the best team in the league. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, uh, against non-Eagles okay. teams, <laughs> against non-Eagles good for teams, you. <laughs> they've been three and three. So I, I do wonder if they kind of hang around that 500 ish range and it basically, uh, at least doesn't get them a premier quarterback. I, I'm not sure what the mid kind of first round looks like for quarterbacks this year, but I think they could end up falling there. Um, but Drew, uh, you agree with that assessment? And do you have, were you a Hal guy uh, prior to this season? Not particularly. Um, he, my, my plan for him all along for the, the couple leagues that I had him was I hope he starts off well so I can trade him. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, ultimately what I did. And I probably, I got out a little bit early in a couple of leagues and did not get as much back as I could have probably at this point, but I'm, I'm fine with that uh, because now I have some position players in hand that I'm excited about that will be, you know, for the foreseeable future, long-term starters for me um, in one league, actually uh, yesterday uh, just traded for uh, Dalton Kincaid straight up and a tight end premium feel great about that because uh, I think he'll be there with the bills for a long time. So, um, so yeah, so how, uh, if, if they had kept their defense intact, I think they would have a better shot of being close to that 500 team, maybe at the end of the year. Uh, we'll see what happens now that Chase Young is gone. And uh, you know, I think for the rest of this season, uh, especially like in redraft league, Sam Howell is going to be a gem throwing it 45, 50 times a week just to try to hang in there. Uh, but John's totally right. If he doesn't win enough games, there's no reason for Washington to, you know, not replace him immediately or get what they can for him, keep him as a backup. And yeah, I think for him, you hope he's maybe a career Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, moving forward uh, as maybe a, the best long-term value for just going to sit on him and, you know, push your chips in and say, I hope he he continues the job next year. Maybe it's with a different team uh, as another, you know, he's a bridge every couple of years or something like that. I really like that comparison because that's that's like time just above what I said career backup. That was not Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he was never like a career full time starter either for more than like a year uh, with any particular team. It was like he he got like two years tops and then he was going to the next team. Uh, I I was just looking in the uh, trade finder. Uh, Sam, two guys we've talked about: Sam Howe or Kirk Cousins and Rasheed Rice. I'll take the package. That's what I was thinking. I, I like what we've seen out of Rice. He's shown some flashes. Yep. Uh, and and it, I think it's entirely possible that going from this point forward, Kirk Cousins starts more games than uh, Sam Howell mm -hmm. in the league. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's possible that Rasheed Rice outscores Sam Howell next year. Yeah. And you have Kirk Cousins on top of it. Yeah. Uh, Sure, yeah, especially if he improves on his rookie year. Uh, John, you you agree you take the, the, the cousin side on that one? Yeah, in a vacuum. I, I think it's pretty balanced, though. So, you know, if you're a contender, um, you know, tossing in Rasheed Rice to get a quarterback who's going to play the rest of the season, at least in theory, um, is is more than worth it. And uh, I, I, I know, Drew, you said you basically had, were hoping that you were selling him anywhere you had him. So I would guess you're not interested in acquiring him. Are you interested in acquiring him, John, in leagues you don't have him? Like, are you looking – are you – given the, the rise in price most likely, are you kind of – would you be off that? Yeah, I'm probably staying away. I just feel like the, the you know, kind of the, the probabilities just dictate that he's probably not a long-term starter. 
you know so um it i it, it'll depend on what people are asking but you know like in one league uh, i've got somebody trying to send me howl and marvin mims for devin achan and it's just kind of like that's uh, like that doesn't excite me enough to give up you know the guy who was well on his way to being offensive rookie of the year before the knee injury Look at John just lining up the segue there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because uh, our next guy, we're going to rotate through the positions at running back, who is in points per game, because even though he's only played a few games, but one of those games, he only played three games. One of those games was a 1.9, and yet he's still the RB1 So <laughs> in points per game uh, because he had two monster games after that and then got hurt. So Devin HN, uh I, I did not like the guy coming out, but I've loved what I've seen of him. Uh, he just, he's so fast. Uh, I love him in that offense. I am like, like willing to take the L on that one after three games where one wasn't even good. So <laughs> um, uh, how, how high are you on him, John? Do you, you know, you said that doesn't excite you for him. Are you very, you know, are you like him a lot? Uh, I mean, yeah. You can't not like what he did in those two games, but the obviously you can't expect that going forward. So what are right. you thinking? Yeah. So my, uh, my co-host Tommy Blair pointed out um, several weeks ago that uh, HN is getting something. I, I, I think he said something like four yards uh, averaging four yards before contact. So one of the fastest players in the league and I don't know exactly like tactically how they're how Mike McDaniel does this, but he he this is what he does. He's giving the fastest player in the league a four yard head start. <laughs> like so, as long as that's you know, as long as they're able to do that, and you know what, they can kind of they can really kind of uh, keep the defense honest with uh, the, with the mm -hmm. passing game as well. And I mean, they've got speed all over the field. It's kind of no wonder things are just wide open for him. So, uh, you know, you combine the speed, the elusiveness, the pass catching with just the fact that you've got, um, you, you know, very possibly the, the best offensive play caller in the league right now, uh, giving him that type of advantage. It's just like, man, the like, where's the downside? Yeah, and it's not like we're like, expect going to expect him when he comes back from the injury to um, ever be uh, like a, a workhorse. But he was putting up lines like it was like ten for a hundred and some yards or something, just rushing, and then he would catch a few, and then you have a couple touchdowns. Uh, so he can he can he just needs like he can make his day in one play. He's that kind of running back. But uh, Drew. Uh, uh, do you have a decent amount of HN and, and uh, you expect uh, you expect this again, not necessarily 30 points a game or whatever it was in those two games, but you expect this going forward, like for the rest of the year, once he comes back. Yeah. I mean, I think what McDaniels uh, built there is it's playing out about as well as you could have expected. Um, so I am really sad that in one league early on, I think after week one, I was pretty non-committal. I, I hadn't really figured out where I stood on him. And uh, I made a push in one of the leagues that were in the Superflex Army 2 to try to go in on this year. And I, I moved him in a first to get DeAndre Swift and I forget who else back. Ooh. And I, I'm looking back <laughs> now, just absolutely kicking myself. But yeah. as far as where I am today, 
so a couple of weeks ago after uh, Richardson went on IR, I actually moved Richardson in a 12-team uh, Superflex League and uh, a late first, I hope, which is mine, to get Dak and Achan and Hollywood back uh, to, again, try to put myself in a position to contend toward the end of this year. Um, and this is a league uh, where we reward long touchdown plays as well. So that adds a little bit of fun for uh, HN if he can take one of these screens to the house 60 yards. So um, I'm, I'm pretty well in. Uh, and don't worry, John, I, I only moved Richardson because I've got uh, Hertz and Stroud and I got Dak back. And uh, I think I, now I've got Aiden O'Connell still. So I'm still <laughs> still got some, some QBs on the bench there with Rodgers on IR for next year. But uh, I, uh, I had yeah, when you first started laying out that trade, I, I like I cringed a little. I was like, tell me you got a quarterback in return, Drew. But yeah, Dak, <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So, yeah, people uh, hate Dak but, now. So, <laughs> but that's where so I am bizarre. on Achan, where uh, he was the central piece. I, I was really more more interested in getting Achan back than, you know, any of the other pieces, because um, I think once he comes off IR, you know, you're right, Rocky. I'm expecting him to get maybe 10, 15 touches a game, but he only needs one or two of those to be really, really good, and all of a sudden he's, you know, he could be a weak winner. Yeah, and that I mean, and as John alluded to, that the offense in general is just so good. McDaniel's is great at creating an offense. I mean, we've seen what Mostert is. Mostert's a top ten. I didn't put him on this list, but Mostert's a, a top ten running back still, uh, working some games with HN. So, uh, and then of course, what Tyreek is doing this year is like other word, mm-hmm. otherworldly. So, uh, yeah, I, I I love HN. I love him this year. Uh, I love him for the next couple because you can't expect much more than that from a running back. But uh, yeah. As much as you can, I, I, he's a guy I want to have on my rosters. I don't think I've actually acquired any in season. I definitely have him on a few rosters because uh, he was one of the guys. Even though I wasn't a huge fan, I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of guys in the late first mm-hmm. and early second this year, and that's where you were getting him. So, yeah, uh, mostly in the late first. But uh, yeah, once once you got past that Johnston uh, Flowers area, I was usually dra- drafting either HN or, or Charbonnet and. Charbonnet's not working out as good yet, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I had a little more HN, but uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll move on to wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to stick with the young guys. I have an older guy on here, too. Maybe we'll get to him later, but we have to talk about this guy, uh, rookie sensation, and I think we did talk about him a little the last time I was on with Andrew, uh, but Puka Nakua, John, mm-hmm. how you feeling about Puka? So good. This is, <laughs> it, it. like, this is just kind of the trajectory at this point is elite, like elite of the elite. You know, we, we don't really see prospects take off to this extent this early on. Yeah. And, and if he, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, if he was like a first round pick, he would be worth like two first plus at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Would I mean, it sounds like maybe he is anyways. Uh, I don't know that he necessarily there. should yeah. be, but <laughs> Um, it's still a highly replaceable position at the end of the day, but you know, you, when you get this type of signal this early on, it's, that's pretty valuable, you know, to know for a fact that, not for a fact, but the probability is strongly in favor of him being able to continue this trajectory, which means, you know, typically speaking, what we see is this type of season is really kind of the floor for a player like that for the next, you know, eight, 10 years, something like that. Like there's still plenty of ceiling for him to reach. 
Yeah, and uh, like I said, a lot of it is that kind of, uh, I think he was day three, right? He was a fourth mm-hmm. rounder, fifth round or something like that. Yeah, that day three capital. Um, yeah, it makes his, it makes, takes it a while for the price to go up, but it's getting there pretty quick with him. Um, but we've seen, I mean, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time, but I mean, Tyreek was a day three guy. Amin Ra was a day three guy, I believe. Uh, so you can definitely find gems there. And it looks like they got one. I mean, that's what I've said. Um, I was sort of saying this like three, four games in, because I think you had like 20 targets in one of those games or something. I'm like, you don't start mm-hmm. this way and, and not be a really good player. Like, I don't care that Cup's yeah. coming back to me. At worst case, he's the woods to, to Cup. Uh, and woods was a high end two, low end one uh for multiple years there with cup and cups cups not going to be there that much longer i mean he's what 30 at this point i think i think he hit 30 yeah. uh so at least not at this level he might be there a little while longer but he's not going to be at this level for that much longer so uh and, and that whole offense is about to be in transition you know true. you're also talking about a pretty old quarterback who mm-hmm. has a, a pretty lengthy injury history at this point like at some point you, you know, you, you reshuffle the deck at quarterback and that probably means moving on from Cooper cup at the same time. Cause you're not going to waste the last, you know, couple years of his productivity on a rookie quarterback. And he's got a great play caller there uh, also, mm-hmm. but uh, Drew, you, you all in on Puka? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm all in. I, I only had him in uh, in one spot and actually just moved him in a small package to get Garrett Wilson back. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly hard to deny the early productivity and um, yeah, I mean, I agree with John as far as you have enough evidence at this point, the the body of work is large enough that, you know, it seems like this is as low as it's going to be. Uh, so yeah, I guess the question really is how high is high. Do we, do we think that he's got, um, you know, the athleticism or he's going to develop his technique enough to be, a top 10 wide receiver for multiple years down the road. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I feel uh, super confident in that. So uh, I definitely held on to him until I got an offer that I felt like uh, I, I had to take. Uh, I was offered a, a first and a second a couple weeks ago, turn that down. Uh, Cause I felt like I could probably get more or get something that I liked better. So, uh, you know, I definitely held out, wasn't ready to bail uh, as quickly as I was on Sam Howell, but um I mean, again, for what you what you had to use to get him most likely already in, in the draft or off waivers in some cases, um, I mean, there's no reason not to hold on to him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was I have one league where I did I sold him uh, like three or four games. And even though I was excited and I was saying he's going to be good, I, I think it was offered like a mid uh, mid to late 24 first. And I thought that was just great value for a guy that had only done it for a few games is day three pick and all that. Uh, I drafted in the fourth, probably or late third. I don't remember exactly where I, I do have. And I also, I do have quite a few shares anyway. So that made it a little easier because uh, I, I just kind of liked the opportunity there. It didn't seem like they had much beyond cup. Uh, so I thought he could get a little bit of a role. I was not expecting this, um, but but it's been a pleasant surprise on some of my contending teams to have uh, have yeah. my like fourth round rookie pick be a, a regular starter for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll continue the rookie theme as we move to tight end. Uh, Sam Laporta, rookie sensation here. So uh, I'll, I'll start with you this time, Drew. How high are we on Sam Laporta? I, I know I, I, 
like maybe a month ago, there was Laporta versus Pitts tweets going out. I don't even think that's a question at this point. Uh, it was then. It's not now. <laughs> but no. like Sam Laporta to the moon, it seems like. How how high yeah. are you on him? Uh, have you acquired him anywhere, or or would you be looking to sell at this high uh, high price? Uh, I I am not uh, in a position in most leagues to give what that person is asking for to get him back. Uh, and the leagues that I have him, you couldn't offer me enough, I don't think, to <laughs> to take him off my hands because of the positional uh, advantage there. For me, it's it's him and Andrews at this point in Dynasty moving forward, um, and I, I wouldn't be mad at whichever one you think you want more if you're in a startup. Um, you know, Those are two guys, depending on what your premium is. If you want a real fun build, if you're not going to go QBX, where you could, if you have a turn, you could take both of them back to back or close to back to back and uh, have a very interesting advantage there as well. But yeah, as far as where I have them, I'm keeping them. Uh, and I will always kick tires and throw a, throw an offer out here or there. I think the only type of buy window we're going to get on him is if if he gets injured somehow, uh, which I hope he doesn't, or you know if something totally implodes with Detroit where they just are not producing offensively at all and somebody gets antsy. But Outside of that, I think it's going to be real hard to get him from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it as it should be. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting to me, man. Right now, the to it, at least to me, the top five tight ends uh, in redraft leagues, and I I would make a strong case for the same thing in dynasty as well. Um, but beyond Kelsey and Andrews, it's a bunch of young dudes. It's Laporta mm-hmm. and it's and it's Kincaid and it's Trey McBride. It looks mm-hmm. like that, like we just restocked that position and we've got some super young guys here. And man, like what it does for the economy of your league to just kind of have like this entire this wave of young tight ends come in and just kind of take over uh, at the top when we've been waiting and and searching for so long for for this to happen. We've been you know, convincing ourselves that that Kyle Pitts was going to do it, and uh, you know, Chigakonkwu, and like all <laughs> all of these young tight ends that we had just been, it, we were so excited about. We were it, we were really just kind of looking for this refresh at the yeah. position, and now with those three guys, with Laporta, Kincaid, and Trey McBride, I think we finally kind of have that, and every single one of them was relatively cheap. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like Laporta. I'm not willing to, like, I think what as Drew was saying, I'm not willing to pay the price it would take to get him at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, for whatever reason, I just did not end up with a lot of, I have more mayor than Laporta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which, uh, you know, he has, he's had a game or two there, but, uh, not not quite as consistently good as Laporte has been in his rookie season, but I, I still have hope there. What do, what do you think you have to add to Pitts to get to Laporta now? Is it, I, is is it, it a first? first? Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh. That's what I was, I was thinking. Like I just myself. Seems, yeah, I was like, oh. would I do it for a second? Nah, I don't think so. I, I don't I'd... think I'd. Yeah. No, I would not move Laporta. I would not downgrade from Laporta to Pitts uh, unless that's a, a top half first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. it's got to be a, yeah at least somewhere in the first. Yes. Would you in a premium league? Would you what would you add to Puka to get to to Laporta? Are they uh, pretty equal for you? Since wide receiver seems to be a little bit more replaceable. 
Yeah, I think you do need to add a little bit because of that. Because we 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 mostly play in tight end premium leagues, uh, like you said, and uh, the TA leagues, which I'm in eleven of, um, are all point seven five. So yeah. that's a pretty hefty. And I have others that I'm in there two point oh, where yeah. the tight ends go for a lot there. So Puka uh, in a second. Yeah, I think I would make it a second for which is crazy. Which means essentially we're valuing Puka over Pitts when Pitts was like the end all be all like a year, year and a half ago and like yeah. all dynasty outside of quarterbacks. So let's uh, say you have both Puka and Pitts on your team. Would you rather give up Puka and the second or Pitts and a mid first to get Laporta back? I'll let John take that one. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather give up Puka. Um, I, like the big thing for me, like it's almost, it's almost turning into similar to quarterbacks where, you know, if I'm going to trade you a quarterback, I expect to get a quarterback in return. It mm-hmm. like, it's, it's getting to that point for me with, uh, you know, with, uh, with Laporta, um, it just kind of the tight end position in general, but especially those guys that we've kind of identified. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, rather than the second, I think I would be looking for a tight end with some upside. Um, and that's, you know, if I was, if I was going to give up Laporta, that's kind of what it would take for me. I would need yeah. at least the potential to replace him. It's such a scarce position. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think I am with John. Uh, yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm, I've always been a big elite tight end guy and he's certainly see, like you never see this kind of start from a rookie tight end. So uh, it certainly seems like he's on that track. And uh, I don't really, like I said, I don't really like paying up that much for it. I maybe hope he, his value dips at some point for some reason. I don't, Cause I mean, like you said, I think we're talking like two firsts uh, at least at this point. Um, to, to pry uh, Laporte away from somebody. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't want to pay that, but yeah. uh, I would think about Pook in a second, though. I can see that. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll uh, maybe hit a couple more of these surprises here, and then we'll get into the disappointments. Uh, let me see. Who do I want to go to next? Uh, well, we'll do the other quarterback I put down here uh, because a lot of people were wary of him coming into the season, uh, concussion issues and – uh, never been fully consistent, but he's he's top five now uh, without really being a mobile quarterback. So um, may, maybe that's a red flag uh, that, that he's, you know, just get, getting lucky or, but we've all talked about Mike McDaniels. It's Tua. I'm talking about it's Tua here. Tua Tungavailo. I think I said that right. Um, I've always been a big Tua guy. Me and Russ have always been big, big Tua guys. Uh, I'm really happy to see that it's finally paying off. Uh, he's got the weapons. He's got the coach. Uh, and Tyreek's not long-term, uh, but Waddle is, and Achan potentially is, uh, at least as, like I said, long-term as running backs can get, and McDaniel seems to be, so yeah. I, I'm still all in, and I, I've been kind of hoping for this and kind of expecting at least top 10-ish uh, going forward, uh, even before he'd really proven that. So, uh, Drew, uh, you, uh, where you, you've been into a guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've liked to, uh, I think the concussions got overblown. Uh, it took me back to like Brandon cooks a few years ago where people were out on him, which I know it got a little scary for him there, but still, um, you know, the quarterback is the most protected position in the game right now. So, uh, and he's got all of the weapons. He's young. 
Um, I think coming out, a lot of people were saying, you know, he was one of the, probably the most accurate quarterback coming out of his draft class. And with the speed that he's got around him, it's hard not to, to love that. I mean, he's performing the way that I think we all expected or hoped that Joe Burrow would with Higgins and Chase and, and some of the weapons that they've got there in, in Cincinnati. So uh, pleasant surprise for sure. And hopefully a lot of people got a good deal for Tua. I'm kicking myself in, in one of the leagues I'm in with, um, with Larry monkey, you know, he was trying to get rid of Tua early in the year. And I, I should have made a, a stronger push because we were talking about Rogers for his beloved jets plus a little something to get to Tua, And I should have done it before week one, but uh, yeah, I'm really happy for Tua though. I think he seems like a good kid uh, trying to do some good work out there and it's, it's paying off for sure, both for him and for, for us that are watching him. And I can't, I know a uh, former uh, host here, maybe future host at some point again, Scott Sidlow was, was never a big Tua guy. He wasn't, he didn't like Tua. He, he doesn't like lefty quarterbacks in general, um, <laughs> but uh, he would always bring that up about Tua. But uh, John, were, were you a Tua guy prior to the season and are you a Tua guy now? Uh, I'm definitely a Tua guy now. I was a Tua guy last year, but uh, when he came out uh, of college, it was, I was not. Um, to me, you know, you get a smaller quarterback like that who doesn't run. It's like, what's what exactly is the path to this actually working? Well, the path is give him Tyree Kill, draft Jalen Waddle, and then bring in Mike McDaniel to run the whole thing. Uh, like that's that it, that's literally the one way that you make this work. So, um, and they did that. So, like, I, you know, you have to buy in at that point. They found the formula to where you can have a short, immobile, left-handed quarterback, <laughs> um, you know, and, and actually, you know, turn him into a, a, a very accurate, very productive pocket passer. Yeah. Is he um, uh, the, the mirror image of uh, Drew Brees at this point for us? Yeah. See, yeah. I think that's the right comp, right? Yeah, like that's I like that. And I, and that kind of was the archetype is like, he's got to be Drew Brees. And that's where I was saying, I, you know, I'm I'm out if your only path is to be one of the all time greats. <laughs> yeah, uh, who's that's a pretty know, narrow and, path, right? And a, you know, one of the one of the all time outliers too, in in terms of his productivity. So, um, but yeah, again, they they put they put him in a position where uh, he can actually do that. He can be Drew Brees. So, yeah, you got to be in. Um, anyone who's worried about concussions just doesn't, they don't understand how concussions work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was my thing too. I never, I was never that worried about the concussions. Yes. It could be bad if he, if he gets another one or two or, you know, particularly big hit, but there's, I, I, I say this all the time. Like there's multiple guys that we've been worried about the next concussion. Like mm-hmm. Brandon cooks, we were worried about concussions and he just keeps playing year after year. And this is the year he finally kind of fell off a little bit production wise, but it has nothing to do with concussions. It has to do with being an older <laughs> wide receiver at this point. Um, Devonte Adams, people I think forget early in his career had uh, multiple concussions, mm-hmm. including a particularly bad one, a uh, big mm-hmm. hit. And it was never really much of an issue again. Like it happened. It, there does happen where guys, uh, I think fairly rarely where guys really get like knocked out of the league by concussions, but there are guys that happens too, but it, people I think tend to blow that out of proportion when they, they see, especially I remember one of them particularly was on like a Sunday or Monday night game and uh, his body kind of did that 
freezing up thing that happens with concussions sometimes, and it, it freaked everybody out, and it, as it should. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get concussions every time you're on the field there. So uh, I'm with you guys on the whole concussion thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll touch on one more guy here because I wanted to get your opinion. I'll start with you again. I'll go back to you, John, because uh, I'm not sure what to make of this guy. Nico Collins at wide receiver 16. Not not quite in the top 10 like a lot of the other guys we talked about, their position, but definitely a lot better than I expected uh, this year. It's, it's taken him a couple years to kind of, you know, there was some uh, Nico Collins love uh, over the start of his career, mm-hmm. Uh but it's finally sort of coming to fruition here. Uh, are, are you, I know you, you know, and I agree with you to an extent that wide receiver isn't the most important position, but are you buying in that this could be uh, like his baseline going forward where he, he's a wide receiver too for you? Yeah, I, I think probably so. I mean, uh, for the rest of the season, I'm all in. Like, I think that he's one of the most productive receivers that you're going to get you know, for a contending team, uh, without, you know, without breaking the bank, um, in terms of dynasty. So I, I, I have a little bit of an, an analogy in my head with this, this entire Houston Texans team at this point, like I see a lot of parallels with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, they go get Joe Burrow, um, you, you've got your T Higgins. That's kind of, that's Nico Collins here. Um, I, th- I kind of think tank Dell is probably your Tyler Boyd in this story, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and you know, now you've got your elite quarterback. All that's left is to give him an, an alpha wide receiver, give him a Jamar mm. chase. I think that's coming and it's going to push Nico Collins to wide receiver two on his offense. Um, and, make it a little difficult to find the meat on the bone that we're, that we're kind of used to with him. Um, but I think that he can, he, I, I do feel that he can produce, you know, wide receiver two type of numbers. Um, the tough part is going to be just like with T Higgins, it's going to be predicting when are you going to, when are you going to get that from him? But that's going to be there. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, yeah, with your Bengals comparison, I mean, T. Higgins is, is pretty productive and very highly valued from a dynasty perspective. So if, if he is that, even if they have a, a Jamar Chase there, especially with the way Stroud has looked, he's had a couple rougher games, uh, I think, these last couple. But mm-hmm. uh, he was he was on fire to start the season. He looked great. for. I don't think he threw a, a pick through his first six games or something, So especially from a real NFL perspective. He's, he's looking like the guy. Uh, so I, and I expect further improvement in year two. So that, that that's only going to help, even if they get, uh, uh, an upgrade, uh, a real wide receiver one, uh, I mean, that alone could help Nico in some ways too. That, I mean, take the pressure off him, uh, not as, you know, tough a coverage, things like that. So, um, but Drew, what are your thoughts? And then, then we'll get to a few of these disappointments. Before yeah, I, on. I love Nico. An- another guy like you, you didn't pay much to get him when you either drafted him uh, I think in a couple leagues, I got him off waivers last year, this offseason when people made cuts for the rookie draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love the guy. He's He's been a, a very nice surprise in a couple of contending teams. And as long as, you know, Stroud has got uh, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, who he's handing the ball to, I think there will be plenty of passing volume, and they don't really have a tight end to speak of. Uh, you know, we'll see where Dalton Schultz goes, I guess, and if he continues to demand some more targets. But ultimately, um, I'll keep him. He's – 
he's in that weird space here where you're probably not going to get what you deserve to get for him. And people are going to want more than you're willing to pay to get him. So, you know, yeah. send some feelers out and see if you can get them from somebody who maybe doesn't believe or is thinking maybe more long-term uh, for when he does maybe go into the, the wide receiver two spot uh, for the better part of his career here. And maybe you get somebody that's, you know, wants to get out sooner than later because they think they can replace him cheaply anyways, you know, in the draft or something like that. Um, but I'd be happy to get him if you can get him at, at a reasonable cost. Okay, so um, let's move on to some of these disappointments here. Uh, we'll probably just kind of run through a few of these real quick and then uh, get to uh, the find me a trade because we're already pushing an hour here and I don't want to be here all night. So, <laughs> um, but one that, the one that immediately popped to my mind when I was talking disappointments is Trevor Lawrence. So, John, where are you at on Trevor Lawrence? QB 19 in points per game on the season. Uh, we, we were all worried year one and we blamed it on urban Meyer and he did bounce back with a pretty good year two, but it's not looking great here. Year three. So what, what's going on, John? Yeah. I mean, maybe we just find out that Trevor Lawrence is, you know, has that old Russell Wilson thing. He's a second half quarterback and, um, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not completely out because we've seen it, you know, we've, we've seen what he's capable of, um, and it's elite. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that you're not getting it right now, I mean, it creates a buy window. Um, I guess I could, that's, that's the positive here, but, uh, it's, it, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be an explanation other than the fact that the running game is working really well. Travis Etienne, what running back three, four, something like that for the season. So, you know, they're running the ball. Well, they're playing decent defense. Like that's, that's kind of the formula that the NFL teams tend to go for and uh, just don't have to use Trevor Lawrence quite as much. Um, it's frustrating for fantasy purposes, but uh, it won't always be that way. What about you, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I, I still like him. Uh, I'm, I would certainly take advantage of a buy window if you think you can get one here. Uh, and I'm not moving moving on from him because I'm concerned about anything at this point. So... Uh, if I'm getting low ball offers, I'm rejecting right away. And, uh, cause I, I don't think a lot of people out there at face value are probably looking at him at, at market value or what his true value is. So, uh, but yeah, I'm still in on him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I was, I, because I don't like to pay up for quarterbacks. I don't know. I was ever, I was all in on him as everybody else was not that I didn't think he was going to be good. Just that I wasn't willing to give up the price. Like from the second he was drafted, he was a super expensive. He was like a top 10 quarterback dynasty value wise. So, uh, and he hasn't really been a top 10 quarterback yet. So I, if this is a buy window, if people are, you know, because he's QB 19 are willing to maybe give you uh, give you him for a little less, I, I'd consider that. Um, but again, I'm generally not paying up. So I, I do have a little bit of concern that we're now into year three and he hasn't really fully shown it uh, over a full season. Even last year, I don't know. I, I don't have it in front of me. If he was in the top 12, it was low end top 12 in terms of points. Um, so I, I'd like to see kind of an elite season from him and we haven't gotten that yet. So if, if it doesn't happen by next year, I'm not sure we're getting it. If you're four years in the league and haven't, haven't done that, uh, not that he's not a starting quarterback for years to come, but I'm just talking like that guy. I really want to pay a whole bunch for. So um, that's kind of where I am. on him. Uh, but 
Uh, we'll go to running back, and I think I'm just going to hit one of each of these guys. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is an interesting one to me because everyone loved him last year. Everyone loved him coming into the season. And now he is RB33. So, John, what are your thoughts on Ramondre Stevenson? Is it just a product of this horrible Patriots offense with Max Jones at quarterback? But is any, and it, is anything going to change enough in the near future? I mean, he is a running back. He's, he's also a, a bit of an older running back from when he came into the league. Uh, so is it even worth the time investing in him at this point with the bad offense this year? And who knows what a quarterback going forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of the the silver lining could be that when they rehire Josh McDaniels, uh, this is going to be a very different looking offense. Um, but yeah, that man, the, the quote unquote Patriot way has just always been a huge pain in the ass for fantasy purposes. And like they just they just they just try and outthink everybody. And they'll cut off their nose to spite their face. And so, you know, it, it just kind of, I like, we just have to kind of plan on this plan on, um, you know, the better he plays, the less they're going to let him, the, the less they're going to, uh, they're going to game plan for him. So um, that's just kind of a Patriot thing. And, and it just, I like, I don't know what you're doing if you've got him, like you're not getting anything in return. You know, you do have yeah, to just I, kind of write it out. I was just going to say, I think you have to. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, but I'm certainly not going to try and acquire anymore. Same. Okay, well, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> the uh, that, That's a uh, hashtag in-depth analysis from Drew. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do want to kind of rush through some of these. So uh, Chris Alave is one I wanted to touch on because... I feel like I was lower on him last year than a lot of people were. Maybe it's just because of the other podcast I host um, where Russ was regularly giving up like two first plus value for him. Him and John Bosch, just like Chris Alave to the moon. Uh, and I always kind of thought he was, he was good, but I, I'm not convinced he was more than a wide receiver too. And I'm not paying those kind of prices for a uh, wide receiver too, but because he was so good as a rookie, we expect improvement, all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm going to add so that you can't just say same this time, uh, Drew, uh, <laughs> um, Get ready. wide receiver 35 in points this year, by the way. So he's not even a wide receiver two right now. I think he has one touchdown in the year, one or two touchdowns on the year. Uh, not been, uh, as peppered as he was the first couple games with targets. So what are we doing? And, and it, it would seem like, like his QB situation. I mean, Derek Carr has been able to feed a, a top receiver in the past. Derek Carr may not be elite, um, but, you know, Amari Cooper had great seasons with him. Devontae uh, Adams had a very, you know, a Devontae Adams season uh, with him last year. But uh, Chris Olave has just been kind of meh. So what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I still like him. If, if you have a dip in price from a league mate, I would certainly be okay adding him uh, to my roster. I mean, he's sitting there with, you know, Michael Thomas is not getting any younger, which, you know, Michael Thomas is doing better than I expected him to do this year at his age with kind of the, the hiatus he had with his injuries, uh, which I think could probably be eating into some of the targets that we we had hoped Olave got. Uh, and then, you know, fun surprise with uh, Rashid Shahid being 
able to kind of take the top off the defenses here and being pretty efficient with his his targets. Um, so, you know, Carr is getting a couple of those deep shots a game. And, you know, I think every other game it feels like Rashid, uh, Shahid is getting a catch and uh, getting a deep ball and a touchdown. So I'm fine to be patient with him. Um, so I'll, I'll go get him if it – I don't know what uh, – I, I guess market value is probably a, a first or so for him because he is so young and he had such a good first year. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to pay – you know, if I'm a contender, I would certainly give up probably uh, what I think is my later first. Um, if I'm uh, rebuilding, I don't know that I'm going to give a top four or five pick in 2024 to get him back. I think I'd probably sit on that and let the value grow on my my uh, early pick. Um, but I like him overall. By the way, Shahid, uh, wide receiver 20 to yeah. uh, to allow base wide receiver 35 in points per game. Uh, I found that interesting. I almost, uh, you know, I, I didn't really think Shahid was worth talking about, but he certainly could have gone on that surprise list as, a, as a, even as low as wide receiver 20, because you were expecting zero, not mm-hmm. zero, but very little out of Rashid uh, Shahid. Uh, yeah. But uh, Hogue, uh, you think, uh, were you, again, I know you're not a wide receiver guy, but were you, were you having him as a wider, like a wide receiver one coming into the season? Are you uh, disappointed with what we're seeing, or are you maybe more a little like me, where maybe you weren't as high on him as the rest of uh, the the community? Yeah, I think I'm kind of I I was there, um, but I mean, you know, there was just kind of this big block of wide receivers, kind of in that low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two mm-hmm. range, more of them than that actually, than actually fit into those rankings. So it was like, I, it could be him. It could just as easily be Devonte Adams or, you know, it could be um, this year. It could be, you know, Stefan Diggs. Like there were just kind of Jalen Waddle. Like there were just so many players that you could have, um, you could have expected in that range. And most of them were going to disappoint us like that. Just that's just how it works, you know, <laughs> but um, but I mean, all the efficiency is there. The air yards are there. Uh, the you know, the yards per route run like it, it's all there. It's just the quarterback sucks. Derek Carr is awful <laughs> and he always has been and they're not going to stick with him forever. So, you know, it, it kind of screams by to me um, just tons of regression come positive regression coming do we get to talk about devonta smith still sure if you want to john yes i really want to i i almost just said same like <laughs> i was waiting for it just so we could just so hoping. we could skip to devonta smith but i was like all right we'll give some actual analysis here but uh so aj brown and tyreek hill right now are the infinity stones like that you get that combination and you can't be beat. So it, it just kind of stands to reason to me that so much of that, of the production, so much of the workload being funneled to those two guys is because they're not going to do this again. They're going to be fine, but they're not going to do this again. Um, and so, you know, to me, it makes Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith screaming buys, um, just because next year this gets way more evenly distributed. 
Yeah, I mean, we even saw that, um, you know, last year with both of them. Uh, they're both doing a lot better than they're, they're doing this year. I actually even – not that he's been uh, awful or anything, but I almost put Jill Model on the list too. He's he, he's he's higher up than Devonta, so I, I, I left him off the list. But he's in wide receiver 20-something, which is, uh, again, more, probably lower than we were expecting from him. But mm-hmm. it, it's exactly what you said. Tyreek is, is going nuts, and – uh, a lot of the rest of the passing game is, is just going to take a hit because of that. Uh, but uh, unless you wanted to talk about Smith too, um, I won't even make you say same this time, Drew. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Deal. Just gonna call the, the episode title is just going to be same. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to finish up with the guy we mentioned earlier, Kyle Pitts. Uh, what are you doing with him? Not in relation to Sam Laporta, Drew. Uh, uh, are you? Because I still, I still like the idea of getting Pitts. I, I still think he, he, he was a unicorn coming out. Just the athletic ability, um, everything he showed on tape, and I, I still think it's there. He's still only, I think, twenty three. Uh, so super young. I mean, yeah, yeah, super young for and a lot of tight ends. Don't hit their prime until like twenty seven ish. Uh, so he's not even close to that. And he. We already saw he had a thousand yard season in his rookie year. He just didn't have the touchdowns, and then he got Arthur Smith. So uh, I I still think it's there. I still think we might see it. Uh, probably, maybe not while Arthur Smith is there. It doesn't seem like this year, um, unless uh, you know Heineke can lock unlock something throwing deep balls or you know just slinging it. Uh, yeah, but where are you at with Pitts? I I, I want to acquire him where I can. I I. I I still think we we could get superstar potential out of him. Well, what are you uh, what are you willing to give for him? I feel like you don't have to pay much more than like a little over a first, maybe. Like I, I think a first plus, like a plus a small plus, probably gets it done. Like a first and well, I mean not small, but like a first and a second, something like that. Whereas like two years ago, you had to get you, you you'd be lucky if you could get pits for three firsts. At that point, it was he was practically a first round starter pick. Uh, uh, when he was coming out, so so uh, we we've said a lot of nice things about the Eagles tonight, Rock. Uh, so uh, can I can I be a little bit slanderous for just a second? Sure. Does Dallas Goddard get you Kyle Pitts just straight up? It might. I would. I would have to think that's close. Yeah. Dallas Especially Goddard isn't pretending. exactly lighting things up either. He's he he's been very up and down this year. Yeah, he's just he still has the name value. He's attached to you know the, the best offense in the league. Uh, certainly the I, best I quarterback Goddard at the Pitts, moment. Got it for Pitts on a contender, even yeah. knowing Pitts is probably going to score a little less. Yeah, you agree, Drew? Same. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> big. Same. I mean, if if I have Goddard and I'm contending, I, I'm probably hanging on to him. Uh, just because he's, you know, I, I think there is AJ Brown is on a historic pace right now, right? Six, was it six games with 125 yards plus, yep. which even if that continues for this season, uh, there's going to be a couple of games mixed in where it'll distribute differently. I mean, Devonta Smith has had a couple of games already this season where, you know, he's probably outperformed significantly what people expected in projections for the week. So um, until, I like the idea of Taylor Heineke. I like that he's he's willing to to chuck the ball. You hope that he gives Pitts an opportunity. So this may be you know the the lowest you're going to get Pitts right now because if Heineke comes in and, and has a couple good weeks where 
you know, Pitts all of a sudden has six, seven catches for a hundred yards game and mix in a touchdown, God forbid, you know, maybe he bounces back and he's worth, you know, a lot more than that first in a second. So, yeah, I think if, if you like him and you still like the idea of his athletic profile and what he could be in a, in a year or two, um, I, I certainly would be comfortable going and getting him. I'm not there. Um, and I, I'm okay to miss on that. I think uh, at that cost, um, I get the idea that tight ends are such a hard position to fill. Um, but I, I don't think he ever gets back to that place where Kyle Pitts is going to demand more than two firsts either, or the equivalent. So, um, I would be okay sitting on that. And if I have to pay up somewhere, if I have to play a little bit of a longer game here and, and, you know, add some ammunition to my draft capital or something to get them in another year, uh, I I'd rather have to face that music than, you know, give a bunch up now and, and be stuck with Kyle Pitts as where he is now is a, you know, whatever tight end he is currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where he is in terms of if you're talking value. Ter- uh, I, didn't, I never said he's actually the tight end 11 on the year, which is not awful, but it's not what, you know, 10 million tight ends can be tight end 11 with the way tight end score. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, we're going to get into our favorite segment here. Uh, if I can find the little sounder, because we got to play that every time. Uh, and apparently I can't. So <laughs> uh, there it is from Brian Har. Find me it's, a trade. There find we go. me a trade. Okay. So find me a trade this week submitted by Charles at El Chumbo on Twitter. Um, Drew, I, I mentioned you can uh, kind of give this yeah. here and then I will set up uh, the roster as I pull it up here. And hopefully I can remember how to share it on my screen. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're we're talking about a pretty typical um, league here overall. A twelve team superflex PPR. There's a one point five uh, tight end premium, and then a one point bonus for big plays, which is fun. Uh, it's only minus one for interceptions, and but it is minus one for sacks as well. And then a five point passing touchdown uh, for quarterbacks, which is uh, interesting. And then starting ten. Uh, so quarterback, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, a tight end, three flex, and a super flex. Um, so yeah, so some pretty thing, some pretty standard parts of this, and then a couple, a uh, couple of unique twists in the scoring. Okay, let me get this off there. Okay, and his roster is uh, he's uh, I, I think you mentioned there he's four and four, um, and uh, kind of in the middle of the pack with the, the team we talked about earlier. Uh, his rosters, uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and then a couple backups, uh, NFL backups. And at running back, he has Ramondre, who we talked about, Tony Pollard, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook uh, as the key pieces, wide receiver, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Drake London, Rashad Bateman, uh, Jacoby Myers, I think I skipped over, MVS. Uh, and a couple lower end guys, and then pretty barren at tight end with Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, and David and Joku's got Mike Williams on IR. Uh, not really much else significant on his taxi or IR, and does have, uh, I believe, all his picks. I don't, I, I didn't see any extras. I don't think, but I think he has all. His yeah, picks he's he only has the first and the fourth this year, and then I think I think he has all his twenty five picks. Okay, my bad. I was looking maybe at the wrong one then. Okay, so that is his roster. Um, let me, there we go. So we'll get into our trades here 
And uh, Drew, I'll, uh, if you have yours there, I'll, I'll let you start, and then we can sure. the other ones. Yeah, so um, I actually looked it up a little bit earlier. He is actually uh, batting 409, so just over 400 in all play uh, for this league here. Right, what so, I was saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll kick his, uh, his coverage a little bit by his record uh, and then the points scored. So um, we, you alluded to it. We're, we're probably going to go against what we all said we would lean toward with a middling team, but based on his situation here, and I think the age of some of his players – um, I suppose you could say with Mixon and, and Thomas and a couple of the other guys, you have to maybe go all in, but with the state of his quarterbacks, you know, that's, a, it's a different version. Uh, it's an uglier version of QBX here with some of the guys he's got in his roster. So it's going to be hard for him to really throw in in a meaningful way this year, I think. So, uh, I'm looking at taking a, a guy like Michael Thomas, who's been a solid, uh, you know, double digit points week in and week out. Um, if you can get somebody to, to get Mixon uh, off your hands as well, I'd love to send those two over to Wu-Tang and look at getting uh, a Quentin Johnson and a Kate Otten back maybe. And if you can if you can squeeze one of the, the rookie wide receivers he's got and the Mims or Jaden Reed, uh, that would be bonus. Uh, maybe you have to add your fourth to get that or something. But uh, if I get those two older guys off my roster for, you know, Quentin Johnson, who you know is a, a little bit of a polarizing figure right now, uh, I'm still in on him. Uh, hopefully, Wu Tang, uh, who is doing okay at wide receiver, maybe um, would like a little bit more steady production, would take Michael Thomas in exchange. And then why not take a shot on another young tight end, uh, Kate Otten, here to add to uh, your options moving forward? So that's what I'm looking at. Uh, if I can get that uh, value back, get that youth back for a couple of guys that are probably in the last uh, you know meaningful season or two of their career here. Yeah, I like that, and uh, I, I I think you could get maybe uh, Mims thrown in there, especially. He's kind of fallen off the face of the earth over the last month mm-hmm. after having some big splash plays in September. Um, yeah, so with the uh, you know the extra bonus point for the the long scores or whatever, yep. you know, he'd be a fun guy if like a bye week replacement maybe next year or two. If that's you know how he continues to get get used, you know, maybe you hope he's Rashid Shahid, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not a sentence you hear often. Uh, <laughs> um, let me get into mine and then we can go into John's because uh, it's funny. I, I always try and do these without looking at whatever the other two put on the sheet and then I put mine on there. And basically, John's is just a bigger version of mine. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll give you these two different options, Charles, and uh, you can pick if you want to go a little smaller or a little bigger. Uh, so my trade was to trade, uh, Tony Pollard again, going with the same idea Drew had and John's going to have, which is leaning, uh, out of this year. Uh, again, you're already, he's already seventh cause he's the lowest, there's lowest four and four team in terms of points. Uh, it's got the 400 all play record, like you said, and this roster is very, very shaky in terms of viability this year and viability going forward. So, um, so I'm looking to kind of get, uh, you know, look to next year and beyond. So trading Tony Pollard and Michael Thomas. Uh, and I, I threw a third in there just to try and get it done because I want the pick too, which is to, to, to team Tool uh, for T. Higgins in a second. Tool's five and three. Uh, he's kind of in the mix. There's actually two kind of like super teams here. So it depends on how hard they're trying. The rest of them are all trying to contend. There's two teams that are like over – 
two to 300 points more than everybody else in the league. So, uh, but Tool's got a pretty good team, um, but he does have, um, he does have, I noticed too, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, which obviously you can start both, but uh, me personally, it's not something I like to do. I, I actually have a team with Chase and Higgins and I've been trying to move Higgins for a running back because I need a running back. Um, and, uh, so I, I kind of think that just a little psychological thing of having both guys uh, could help a little bit. Um, and I believe I had the roster up here. Where is Tools roster? Yeah, he's he's pretty light at running back too, which which would help with this because he's uh, he's got Montgomery who's hurt. Will be coming back soon, but they're on bye this week. Uh, Gus Edwards and Javante Williams and Miles Sanders, like nothing dependable there. And he has to start too, I believe. So. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. He's contending, uh, and the second he he can assume won't be super high. Uh, so you, and and so then our guy, uh, the Outcast team, Charles gets you know gets T Higgins back long term. Could could maybe even get a value. But uh, do, do, well, wait, did they resign him? I don't think they resigned him, right? I don't yeah. remember. Because I know no, contracts so. coming up. I know there were trade yeah. talks. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just, I just didn't want to say it and then be wrong. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, no, because I was just thinking it's, it is possible he could end up being a wide receiver one somewhere in the near future too. Um, if if they decide to move on from him, which you know after, especially after signing Burrow to the giant contract, get to sign Chase to a giant contract. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, T. Higgins, I like it going forward. I like getting the second thrown in there. That's why I said I'd be willing to throw in the third, just to, even if it's just an upgrade of picks. I'd much rather always have a second. Uh, so, John, what do you think of that one specifically? And then you can tell me how you made it better. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so I'm obviously good with yours. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I talked about Devonta Smith earlier. So I just I threw him in as well. Um, to try and get him uh, as well. So to me, you know, Tony Pollard, Joe Mixon, Jacoby Myers, I think that gets you close. I'd still be willing to throw in a little bit of draft capital, especially uh, in 2025, because you've got two years to recover that. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to make that move just to get those two young foundational wide receivers. Um, and, uh, T Higgins in Houston. How about that? Jamar Chase, Nick, uh, <laughs> <There you laughs> Nico Collins. Um, I think that'd be an interesting one, but it like either way, like either he's back in Cincinnati on one of the most explosive offenses in the league, or he's on to somewhere else. Um, to me again, Devonta Smith, there's a ton of positive regression coming when uh, negative regression hits for AJ Brown. So, you know, it, the, the big protocol here. Like I was, I was kind of looking at trades for quarterbacks as well. And I was like, you know, let, let's, let's build up some ammo a little bit first and then start working on that. But honestly, like the only guy that I would have any interest in keeping on this roster right at the moment is Drake London. Like beyond that, I, everybody can go and a lot of them should go. You're really, you know, you're really just kind of trying to, to, to strip this down to the foundational pieces, the guys with a long-term career expectancy um, and, you know, at, at the positions where that actually exists. And to me, like at this point, it's, it's essentially Drake London. So start a wide receiver, 
build up that foundation a little bit. And then the trades kind of cascade and they just keep getting bigger from there um, until you're, you know, you kind of rebuild wide receiver and quarterback and possibly tight end and then detail it with some running backs later. Yep. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like yours better than mine. Uh, so um, <laughs> after I saw it, uh, I, yeah, the only issue I could see um, at all with it um, is just that he, he doesn't have a ton of wide receiver depth, the other team. So I just, you might, but you could just throw in some more, give him Michael Thomas, like, like yeah. I was doing. Mm-hmm. So give him Michael Thomas yeah. and Myers and Mixon and Pollard. And I would still do that for Devontae <laughs> Smith and T Higgins. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe that makes it work. He, he doesn't, he still gets at least two receivers back plus the upgrade at running back. Um, but yeah, so good trades. Uh, again, I think John improved on mine. So I appreciate that. Um, but with that, uh, I'm going to finish up here uh, with some of our stuff. Um, but first, let me, the John, you know what? And I didn't do this at the beginning. Uh, I gave them your Twitter handle, but I didn't let them, you know, let you say to all the people out there, you know, I think most, a lot of people who listen to us, probably uh, if they don't listen to you, at least know where they can find you. But tell them anyway, John. I thought you were going to say, I didn't, I, I gave your Twitter handle, but not your X handle. So <laughs> <laughs> at Superflex Dude on X, I freaking hate that app. I don't call so it X. much. I refuse to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I get a, every single, <laughs> every single tweet, whether I'm mentioned or it's my own, it's not even a, called a tweet anymore. But like, like, yeah, every single post gets liked by a different porn bot these days. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of many, many reasons yep. it, it's a cesspool. But you can still find me there at Superflex, dude, uh, if you insist. Um, and then host of the Superflex Super Show and uh, writer and ranker at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Yep, so really appreciate you coming on, John. Always love talking to you. Likewise, uh, a, brother. Yep, had a great time tonight. Now I will get to our stuff, which is just to say I am at Dynasty FF Addict. Drew's at DR underscore PRA. Andrew doesn't get his Twitter handle given because he's not here. Uh, you can find the pod at Dynasty Junkies and also follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network and on YouTube uh, where you can watch us when we go live uh, and uh, make sure you Give us a, a rating and review, and please follow us if you've enjoyed what you heard here. Uh, the rate and review definitely helps a lot. It helps people find us. And uh, I think that's everything I need to say. So, Drew, why don't you take us out? Junkies out. Junkies out.